Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Learning to Fly, the podcast. Today's episode is not going quite as I planned, but it's really neat because it took a different toll. That was a learning experience. So I have two recordings from listeners with their own personal voices and their own personal stories and the things they wanted to share. And then I have some that were emailed to me and were asked for me to read and talk about. So some of them are shorter than others. Some of them are in my voice. Some of them are in other people's voice. And I'm super excited to have all of this on the podcast today. So without further ado, let's get started. Hi there, my name is Nona. I'm Maddie's friend and I write poetry and music mainly to cope, process, and connect. I think poetry and music go hand in hand because they both play with sounds, images, thoughts, and emotions. Poetry and music are both ways of expressing things as directly or indirectly as desired. Both strongly encourage the creator to tap into, explore, and communicate visceral and authentic parts of themselves that might not have otherwise been fully seen. I think there's a spiritual aspect to music and poetry that meets people where they're at and inspires interconnected growth. In my personal journey, I appreciate how creating music and poetry has allowed me to love myself better as I'm constantly challenged to create a very supportive and non-judgmental head and heart space in order to let creativity flow. I'm wishing you excitement, healing, and learning in your own creative processes, whatever they may look like for you. Next, we have another Shel Silverstein poem titled Early Bird. Oh, if you're a bird, be an early bird and catch the worm for your big breakfast plate. And if you're a bird, be an early bird. But if you're a worm, sleep late. And the message that goes with this one was essentially that whatever you're going to do, make sure you do the very best of it and also make sure that you do your research beforehand so that you're getting the very most out of both the creation and the outcome. So another short, simple message, but from another wonderful listener. Another anonymous submission was a poem by Oscar Wilde, or perhaps it was just a quote. Uh, It takes great courage to see the world in all its tainted glory and still to love it. And essentially the message that accompanied it was that this person thought it was really important to love the good and the bad and to make sure that both aspects of that made it into the work you were creating because otherwise it wouldn't have the same flair and it wouldn't hit home as well with all the people that are in your audience especially as time goes on and your audience changes, but the work has already been created. And again, I love that this person was considering both the future and the current day, um, which is something that I think is really important about art personally. So I just, I love that aspect. This next submission was asked not to have a name, but the poem they chose is a drinking song song by W.B. Yeats. Wine comes in at the mouth, and love comes in at the eye. That's all we shall know for the truth before we grow old and die. I lift the glass to my mouth, I look at you, and I sigh. And the message that accompanied this one was really intriguing to me. It uh, basically asked me to describe how there are so many artists out there who will feel they can only create when they're under the influence of something, whether it be alcohol or drugs, or only when they're feeling one specific emotion. And this person feels like they were in that rep for a very long time, but as soon as they branched out from it, their work grew tenfold, both in amount and quality and in the amount of enjoyment they had 
from the finished product. So I really like that correlation and that sweet little short message. The next comment was submitted by a listener named Marcus, and the poem they wanted to share was This Is Just to Say by William Carlos Williams. I have eaten the plums that were in the icebox and which you were probably saving for breakfast. Forgive me, they were delicious and so sweet and so cold. And the note that goes along with this one is essentially that Marcus is somebody who believes poetry wouldn't be the same if it didn't talk about the mundane moments and the silly things and immortalize all the things that go unnoticed. For example, eating the plums in the icebox or waking up to sunlight or even just the feel of the first sip of coffee in the morning. Uh, I think that that's a really great thing to share and I love how there are so many different art forms that can immortalize those moments and can play off of them. So a great poem and I'm so glad that you sent in your comment today. This next submission was from a listener named Josh and it is Fire and Ice by Robert Frost. Some say the world will end in fire, some say in ice. From what I've tasted of desire, I hold with those who favor fire. But if it had to perish twice, I think I know enough of hate to say that for destruction ice is also great and would suffice. And the note that came along with this one was essentially that without seeing both sides of a story and without talking about contrast, their work wouldn't be as stunning as it is. And from what I understand, this person is a visual artist who pulls inspiration from poetry and music and the world around them. So this was a really neat correlation. Hi, I'm Ian Quiet, and my story is The Pickwick Papers by Charles Dickens. I'll be reading the beginning of chapter 29. In an old abbey town down in this part of the country, a long, long while ago, so long that the story must be a true one because our great-grandfathers implicitly believed it. There officiated as sexton and gravedigger in the churchyard, one Gabriel Grubb. It by no means follows that because a man is a sexton and constantly surrounded by the emblems of mortality, therefore he should be a morose and melancholy man. Your undertakers are the merriest fellows in the world and I once had the honor of being on intimate terms with a mute who, in private life and off-duty, was as comical and jocose a little fellow as ever chirped out a devil-may-care song without a hitch in his memory or drained off a good stiff glass without stopping for breath. Thank you. Writing is important to me because it allows me ways to express myself in ways that I couldn't otherwise. It allows me to learn and grow from where I'm at and and who I am and to where I would like to go and and who I want to be. If you'd like to hear more from me, my latest project is Quiet Etc. We just released an album, which is available on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, Amazon, pretty much everywhere. And the album is called Etc. Etc. Thanks again. I'm Ian Quiet. Another uh, listener submitted comment was a quote by Anais Nin. 
I am only responsible for my heart. You offered yours up for the smashing, my darling. Only a fool would give out such a vital organ. And the note that came along with this one was essentially that without heartache and without the trials and tribulations of life, this listener would no longer be the poet that they are. And they consider themselves quite prolific because they write a minimum of two poems a day, one in the morning and one in the evening. Personally, I think that's a pretty great tradition, and I love that this quote goes along with it.